Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Questions of the Now Generation. I'm Gracie. And I'm Madison. And in today's episode, we will be asking the question, is the media racist? Especially in the past year, after watching the broadcast of news stories such as that of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, I think this question has become more and more prevalent in people's minds. In the age of technology and the era of fake news, it is obvious society has undergone a certain disillusionment when it comes to news outlets. Add racial tensions and political bias, and it's a recipe for complete distrust. CNN is a bunch of leftist lunatics, and Fox News is a ton of radical Republicans. Our goal today in talking about all of this is to explore the extent to which there actually exists racial bias in the media and to analyze its overall effects on society. Given the obvious correlation between news outlets and politics, I'd like to kick off today's discussion by asking the question, how might our political views affect the way we perceive race, especially as we see it portrayed in news outlets? Stereotypes tend to be a common factor of what other people think one believes about race. Conservatives tend to lean more towards Republican, while liberals tend to lean more towards Democratic. While looking at the race involvement with each political party, African Americans have been the largest supporters of the Democratic Party. Latinos are also a large part of this. With this being said, there is a stereotype that many Republicans are racist. I personally have encountered Republicans who are racist as well as Republicans who are not. This means one could try to follow the trend stereotype of their political party, which could affect their view on race. Would you agree to this, and how do you feel about politics affecting our view on race? I would agree on this. I think it's fairly obvious the correlation between race and and political affiliations, but I do wonder if it is simply because of these stereotypes. In my personal experience, my encounters with genuine racists have been incredibly limited, no matter the politics. I think anyone who uses race to justify their political standpoint doesn't really have a valid argument. The way race dictates politics is so subjective, it's hard to build a strong argument on it. That being said, I do think news outlets have a habit of building such arguments, but for them, it's not so much about the argument as it is about the ratings. So then for me, that raises the question of how do different news outlets whom have racial bias broadcast their newsworthy topics? That's a good question. Diversity in the newsroom is currently at a minimal and needs to rise. News outlets that skew right tend to show more black crime, while news outlets who skew to the left seem to show the whole story without victim blaming. For example, seven years ago, Michael Brown, who was shot by a Ferguson police, his story was titled, Ferguson Police Say Michael Brown Was a Suspect in Robbery. And other stories about this case, titled, Missouri Cop Was Beaten Badly Before Shooting Michael Brown, source says. In 2014, shooting of Michael Brown, St. Louis top prosecutors announces no charge with against Darren Wilson. All these articles are published in Fox News. Fox News has a lot of victim blaming, which seems to be a trend on the news outlets that skew to the right. To compare to CNN, the title of Michael Brown's case is Missouri police officer who killed Michael Brown faces no charges. And another one titled, London to Ferguson, protesters rally outside U.S. Embassy. CNN broadcasted how they wanted justice for Michael Brown, but never got it. This is relevant to today with the largely broadcasted George Floyd case. 
Fox News has more articles dealing with the rioting and looting as a result of this case, but this is still victim blaming. CNN published more articles linked to the sentence of the cop and justice for George Floyd. How do you think rhetorical choices reinforce or combat racial division? I think rhetoric plays a large role in the way we communicate, and thus by definition, it plays a large role in the way racial division is addressed, whether it is reinforced or combated. Titles are certainly important, but they serve the main purpose of catching the reader's eye and drawing their attention. It is oftentimes exaggerated and not an accurate reflection of the content of the article. A lot of people of our generation regard this as clickbait. (laughs) The author baits the reader as a fisherman baits a fish. Because of this, I think there isn't as much attention to rhetoric and titles as there might be in the actual articles. Whether this plays a subconscious role in addressing racial division is an interesting question, but that deals a little bit more with psychology and requires a lot more theoretical discussion, which isn't necessarily the point of today's episode. Perhaps we could get into that issue more at a later time, though. Well, do you think news outlets can be racist when it comes to a story being newsworthy? I think it is possible. I'm not sure whether I want to give a definite yes or no to the question, though. I believe racism to be more a matter of an individual's heart and their corrupted worldview and evil motivations. That being said, I think it is hard to generalize an entire news outlet with hundreds of employees and contributors to the stories they share. Now, that's not to say that news outlets can't gain certain reputations, but I think the validity of such reputation really requires investigation into the character of the people in charge. What's your opinion? I think they very well can be. The Gabby Petito case right now is getting so much recognition, yet not not many people know about Shatita Elaine Heron, who was shot leaving a concert. Her case is still open and arrests have only have been made, but none with direct links. Just on the first page of Unsolved Georgia Homicide, only two out of 10 cases are white. With this being said, what does that say about our justice system? Does the justice system put more effort into one race compared to the other? That's a wonderful point. I hadn't even heard of Ms. Heron until you just mentioned her. Um, In regard to the justice system, I think it's hard to really make definitive statements without the details of the case. There certainly seems to be an overwhelming number of unsolved homicides wherein the victim was black. But saying that they are only unsolved because they are black isn't necessarily a fair statement or a necessary conclusion. Take Ms. Heron, for example. You said yourself there have been arrests made in efforts to solve her case. It just isn't technically solved yet. If you look at the 2019 Crime Statistics Summary Report by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, there were 571 reported instances of murder, and 582 arrests were made as a result of said murders. So I think that shows that there is effort, but whether the effort is satisfactory or substantial is up for debate. Do you think that there will always be a racial divide, and is there anything to decrease these hate crimes? The optimist in me hopes not, but the realist knows that to a certain extent there always will be. The divide does not have to be negative, though. I think it is possible to reach a point where we can see the divide, which occurs at our differences, differences in culture, worldview, experience, etc., but we can appreciate the differences and the beautiful variety that it brings to humanity. I think that was kind of the idea Martin Luther King Jr. was getting at in his I Have a Dream speech when he said, I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. 
Martin acknowledged the differences, whether it be in skin color or in background or upbringing, but in his dream, these differences would be put aside to enjoy fellowship and community. I believe we've already made significant progress towards achieving this goal, but there's always room for improvement, and I hope as we encounter racial tensions that we continue to move forward with this goal in mind. Yeah, I like what you said. I think there will always be a racial divide, but we can help the hate crimes that play along with race. I feel like doing your part and accepting others can influence others to do their part. Speaking up when you see a hate crime being committed could also help others see diversity in the world. Action really is important when it comes to racism. It's the role of the individual to contest racism as they see it occur. Without collective individual action, there will be no collective societal gain. That being said, we would like to encourage you, listener, to be aware of the world around you and take action when you observe racism. Whether that means standing up against the aggressor or simply walking alongside the victim, actions are powerful and little by little they can shape the world. We would first like to thank all of you for listening and for being willing to discuss such a sensitive topic. And we would also like to thank Dr. Adams for pushing us to confront these important topics. Until next time on Questions of the Now Generation. Cue the music.